Good morning, everybody. How are you? All right, welcome. Um, all right, with that, let's let's just pray and ask the Lord um, for uh, His blessing on this time here. Heavenly Father, we thank you just for uh, just the time here to be able to gather together to sing, sing truth to one another, uh, sing truth to you, to to praise you, to worship you, to uh, offer ourselves to you afresh again. So, Lord, we, um, we ask and pray that you would um, quicken our hearts, help us to really hear what you are saying through your word. And Father, also, just, if there's anything that's distracting us, that's um, bothering us or concerning us, Lord, we would just want to lay that at your feet and know that you're in control um, and, and just ask for your help in focusing on you today. And your word. We also want to lift up those in our church that are sick, need your your healing touch. God, we just pray. We pray, Lord, for healing. We pray that you heal them, however you would, whether it's miraculously through your Holy Spirit's touch, or whether it's through um, your servants like doctors and and so on. We just pray that you would help them. We also just ask, uh, Lord, you help you'd help us to minister to one another today here in, in the before and after time, that, that we wouldn't see that as just kind of dead time, but as time to, we can minister to one another, encourage one another, strengthen one another, um, share with one another what you're, what you're teaching us, how you're showing up, in a sense, in our lives. And so, Lord, I also just pray, lastly, that you would fill me, mm-hmm. fill me with your spirit right now, mm-hmm. and help me, in Jesus' name, oh. amen. Amen. <coughs> So, by the way, I forgot to mention, we had a great time biking yesterday. So, the next time, I think we're going to try to work out a fall uh, bike ride. So, uh, we hit we hit the uh, Darby Dan Farms uh, running. We had, we did 10 miles. Everybody, wow. I was I was impressed. So, uh, and that wasn't like everybody had to do 10 miles, but everybody that came <laughs> did 10 miles. And we got to go around the old uh, horse track out there. Mm-hmm. They have the furlongs. Uh, measured along the way, and a furlong is 660 feet, by the way. That's what Siri told me. You know how Siri and I, we have this love-hate relationship up here especially. But uh, so as we're biking along, I told Dave, I said, we're going to ask Siri how long is a furlong. You know? And uh, so it's kind of cool. They have like a little, little grandstands out there. I'm assuming it's probably like a, yeah. it's been redone. Obviously. That's where the racehorses were. Yeah, where the racehorses were. Cool. There's a little plaque out there that one of the queens came. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Princess Margaret. Princess Margaret. Sorry. Princess. That's, that's the whole thing. You know, somebody said we get the queens and the princesses. The princesses messed up. Apparently. So I'll stay away from that. Stick with Downton Abbey, I guess. Anyway, just kidding. <laughs> Never mind. We better move this train along. Yes. On from the bike rides to the scriptures where it's a safer place, at least here right now. Um, so uh, this morning what we're doing is we're, we're on our second message uh, on Second Peter, and uh, it, we're hitting verses 5 through 7 today, and the title is Making Progress in Your Faith, and so um, let's, uh, if you're able to, why don't you stand up as we read God's Word together, just these, these uh, three verses, 5, 6, and 7, and uh, let's, let's uh, read aloud together, shall we? For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, 
sins, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. This is God's Word. Please Amen. have a seat. So, you know, this, this, these few verses here, uh, you may be thinking, well, how can we get a message out of this? Well, <laughs> where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, but there's a list here, isn't there? There's a list of things. And a lot of times in Scripture, we see Paul, or in this case, Peter, making lists of virtues or things that we should pursue growing in character-wise. And, and this is a place where we find one of those lists. But before we get to the list, and I am going to kind of go through that and kind of describe these different character qualities, um, I want to just uh, hit on the, 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 the way we get into those. And when you look at um, how this starts off, right, and, and we're talking about, again, making progress in your faith, uh, in verse 5, it says, for this reason. That's how it starts, for this reason. And so... That's kind of a clue, right, that this is talking about what came before, right? And so when we look at our Bibles and we go back to that verses 3 and 4, where it unpacked for us, where it said, I'll just remind you, verse 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His, his precious and very great promises, so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And so with that, basically he's saying, God's given you uh, the divine power to for everything that you need, for life and godliness, for growing in godliness, for becoming more spiritually mature. You've been given the power, right? And so now... What, what he's doing is he's saying, okay, because of that, because you've been given the power, and by the way, this is, this is a pattern of Scripture so much, right? We, 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 get, we see the grace, we experience the grace, and then we hear the demands. Or we, you know, uh, uh, the, some people say, you know, first comes the indicative and then the imperative. The indicative is being, becoming. The imperative is the commands, right? And so... Um, think about this. Um, in the Old Testament, in Exodus, God set the people free and saved them, and then he gave them the law. Okay? Uh, so it's not the other way around. And so as, as this book is opened up, and we say, well, we've been given everything we need. We have the power we need to, to, uh, to grow in godliness. So now let's see what that looks like. Okay, that's just where we... So the, those two words, uh, uh, or, or three words, for this reason, um, again, for the reason that he's given us this power and his promises, and we tap into that. Okay, so that's that's kind of just recapping that. Okay, and, and this participation in the divine nature. I didn't really talk that much about it last week, but um, so at the time of the writing of this letter. Some people in that culture believe you could become a god. There are still people that believe that, okay? Uh, false religions, uh, cults that believe that you could become your own god of your own universe. Um, many of us think that that's true anyway. You know, uh, we like our little universe and we're king or queen of it. 
you know, until we realize that Jesus is the king and he, he has the rightful place at the center of our lives, right? Um, but really, there were people who believed this. And so uh, some believe that Peter is kind of making a connection with the culture. But we don't become gods. This is what, this is what he means by, part, you know, because he doesn't say become the divine nature. He says participate in it. Well, what is that participation? The participation is uh, being able to grow in Christ-like and godly character, to become more like God in those, uh, in theology they call this like the communicable attributes of God, the, the, the things that God is like that we could actually become like in terms of his character. But certainly not in his essence, we're not going to become deity. Um, but par- participating in the divine nature, we get to uh, become more conformed to the image that we were originally created in God's image, right? So that's what it means to participate in the divine nature. So as we go on though to the next part, as we talk about making spiritual progress in your faith, it requires effort. It requires effort. And verse 5 says that. He says, make every effort to supplement your faith. Isn't that interesting, right? Make every effort to supplement your faith. And I touched on this a little bit last week, but now he's really, he's really emphasizing this. I mean, this, this idea of making every effort, that's, that's pulling out all the stops, right? If you say that, make every effort. Um, so there's something we must do, right, to grow spiritually, uh, to make spiritual progress. There's our part. We have God's part. We already talked about it. He's supplying the power. We've been given the Holy Spirit as believers. But our part is to put forth effort, okay? And every effort. So I want you to just think about that, right? When's the last time you thought to yourself, um, you know, God, what is it that you would want me to grow in? And you can't say everything, okay? Because we all know that, okay? But something that you could focus on that's risen to the surface, Maybe, maybe you uh, have always wondered what God's will for your finances was and how, what's a good way to handle money. And the scripture has a lot to say about that. Maybe he wants you to grow in the use of it and being a good steward of the, of the, the finances he has entrusted to you. Um, maybe, maybe you need help in the area of forgiveness uh, and what biblical forgiveness looks like. And so, so I'm just saying, you know, have you ever gone to the Lord and said, God, what is it uh, you would have me focus on for my own spiritual growth right now? And a lot of times, it's, again, it's a problem that's there maybe that can rise up or that's been there that you just realize this is a weakness of mine and it continues to dog me to this day. And so that would be an obvious choice, wouldn't it? And so um, if Peter were here, I think he would say, make every effort. Make every effort to grow in this area that you're talking about. And so then it's up to you. What will you do? What will you do? Will you, will you pursue that? Will you go into the scriptures or get together with someone who, uh, if you're not that familiar with them, will help you point you to scriptures that talk about the area that you are in need of growth in? And then will you seek to understand what the scripture says on that? And then will you, here we go, obey? <laughs> obey, right? Uh, trust. Take him at his word, whatever it is, right? Whatever that area is. And so, so this is what, you know, make every effort. Make every effort. This is something that is, you know, 
athletes get this. Uh, people that want to improve in their athletics or if you want to improve just in your physical conditioning, it takes effort, right? Regular effort and so on. We'll get more on that in a little bit. But you just need to see this um, because there are some false uh, ideas out there that um, all I need to do is surrender. And if I'm surrendered enough and believe enough, God will transform my life. And they don't talk about anything about effort. Now, certainly surrender is an important component of our walk with God. I'm not down on surrender. But I'm not just saying that we just simply there and say, try to surrender more, try to believe more. Um, There is effort. Does that make sense? So this is the effort and God supplying the power, which is important. Romans uh, 8.13 says the following. It says, um, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You see, this is, uh, this is our life. You become a Christian, you're at war. Not with another person, <laughs> but you're at war with sin in yourself. Because there is remaining sin. And, and we need to fight with every effort and by this power that God supplies. Right? And so, this is the language. Put to death or mortify. Right? Uh, kill. This is what he's Kill sin. Be killing sin in our lives. So, you know, this is a violent language, isn't it? This is, and this is what he's kind of saying. Don't, don't just kind of play around with sin. Try to kill it in your life. Try to go after pursuing righteousness. Uh, and yes, we are going to fall. Yes, we're going to trip up. But uh, that's no excuse for just simply throwing up your hand. Because we're called to make every effort. Um, Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 10 says this, says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. Isn't that interesting? He's talking to people that are no longer that way. Right? Probably not perfect, but they're no longer, that's no longer the pattern of their life, the things he's listing. Then verse 8, it says, but now, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk with your mouth. Oh, now we're getting personal, talking about our talk, right? How's your mouth? What's coming out of it? How would the people around you say your mouth is? Does it give gracious words, or is it stinging? Is it unkind? So he's saying we need to, as believers, put that off. We need to make every effort to put that off. Then he says, speaking of uh, speech, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And so in that little section there, we have a common you know, uh, theme of that Paul talks about, the put off and the put on, right? Uh, put off the old nature, put on the new. Kind of, it's kind of the idea of be who you are, 
start to become more and more as you really are, as, as you've been made new in Christ. We see that in 2 Corinthians 5.17. We've been made new. But uh, we're growing. We're in process. So um, you've got to remember that. That's, that's an encouraging thing on a difficult day. Remember, we're a people in process, right? Um, Philippians 1.6 tells us that, right? Uh, he's, we're, he, God's going to complete what he started. And so, uh, as and we need to though yield, and we need to put forth effort, and so on, as we seek to um, practically live out that which who God God says we actually are now. Kind of strange. That's kind of strange language if you've never heard it before. It's like you know, become who you are. Right. So I am a child of God now, and I in God's eyes I am holy because He sees me through His Son Jesus. Now He says, "Well, be holy because I am holy." So now, you know. Learn to uh, live like Christ and have godly character and so on, right? So this is what he's calling us to. But just remember, grace precedes demand, okay? We need to keep that in mind. Grace precedes demand. All right, now, uh, let's get into the list, okay? Let's get into this list. I'm just going to kind of talk about uh, what some of these words mean. Some of them will be pretty obvious, but, but I thought it would be worth just kind of going through the list a little bit. I'll have some verses uh, along the way for some of them. Um, but to become more spiritually mature, we're to pursue growing in faith. Because okay? it starts with faith, it ends with love. Isn't that interesting? Okay? Um, and so uh, with faith, uh, our walk with God begins and continues with trusting in what Jesus has done for us. Um, a relationship with God begins with faith. Trust. Complete trust in what Jesus did on the cross. Complete trust that God uh, is, is accurate and true when he says we're sinners in need of a Savior. It's believing that. It's trusting that. But our faith grows as we trust God's word, right? As in those great and precious promises that were mentioned earlier by Peter. As we trust in those. Right? And our faith will grow. So it begins with that. So we, we want to continue to trust God. and. And, you know, we'll run into situations where um, our, our faith is tested and it will be stretched to trust, right? Whereas we could have, you know, said, uh, oh, yeah, I trust God in everything, you know? Uh, and then that big thing happens where it's, it's a serious, very serious thing and very hard thing. And, um, and, and we pray for the, the, the grace of God to help us to uh, in, endure, right? Now, also, to become spiritually mature, we're to pursue growing in virtue. Virtue is one of the things listed there. Um, what is that? Well, virtue, it means moral excellence. That's what this means, uh, virtue. Uh, uh, pursue a life that demonstrates a commitment to purity in action and thought. And this is, can be anything, right? I mean, you know, so we oftentimes think of sexually, but also financially, ethically at work, in school. How am I conducting myself? Right? Am I am I uh, a good advertisement for Jesus? Right, in a sense, uh, there in those in those places. Right, so um, that's this is what it means by virtue, just moral excellence. Now, the other one in the list here is to become more spiritually mature, to grow in his knowledge, and we've spent a good bit of time about that in the first message. So I'm not going to really spend a ton of time there, but knowledge, knowing God's will and ways. 
right? The more I know God's will and His ways, uh, I'm certainly going to grow in my faith, but I need to grow in that knowledge too, right? It's not like, you know, uh, God downloaded a program in your brain that has all the biblical knowledge and the understanding of it when you become a Christian. This is something we need to do. We need to use our intellect for God, okay? And, uh, and then grow in our understanding. So growing in discernment as we learn to apply what we learn, right? Uh, there, there's a whole other thing about somebody knowing a bunch of facts about the Bible and them actually having discernment and wisdom in applying it. We need to grow in that. So knowledge. Self-control is the next one in the list. We need to pursue growing in self-control. Right? All right, well, you think about that. Discipline is required if we're going to intentionally pursue spiritual growth. Right? That, that in itself, saying I want to grow spiritually, and then, and then really pursuing that takes discipline, doesn't it? It takes uh, aim at, at, you know, well, what am I practically going to do, right? Let's say you decide, okay, well, to, to grow spiritually, because we talked about knowledge, uh, I want to start reading the Bible and trying to understand it and, and apply it to my life. Uh, well, well, how are you going to do that? When will you do that? Right? When will you do that? Or where will you start reading? Um, how long will you read when you're reading that, typically? Or, you know, where are you going to be when you read it? Have a favorite place to be? I do. We call it the Jesus Nook in our house. Uh, and so, but you know, find a place, find a time, right? Get a plan. Uh, so, you know, uh, Linda and I used to work out with a personal trainer. He had a plan every time we came. If he didn't, I was going to fire him, right? Because what are we paying him for? They've got a plan for you. Okay? And you follow the plan. So, um, this. Self-discipline, self-control, um, you know, in pursuing growth. And also just self-controlled by the grace of God to say no to certain things, right? Uh, and to turn away from certain things. Or to walk away, or run away, <laughs> right? Um, and, and so this is, this is important, this self-control. Uh, listen to uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Now, you know, Paul's not down on athletes here. He's just simply saying, well, compared to what's ahead... Growing in godliness and running the Christian race well uh, far outweighs any uh, you know gold medal that you're going to get okay here on this earth and so but then he goes on to say he says so I do not run aimlessly don't you see purpose and intention there because I, I I'm not he says I do not box as one beating the air right can you just imagine somebody boxing blindfolded. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, we just think that's ridiculous. Well, that's how ridiculous it is, ridiculous it is, if you expect to grow spiritually and just kind of think it's just going to happen, right? It, it takes self-discipline, uh, and, 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 and it takes intentionality, right? He goes on to say, he says, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, 
lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. He's concerned about his life, Paul is, because he's like, other people are watching. Well, it's not that we live our lives just because we're afraid of other people. You know? No, he's saying, I'm, I'm representing Jesus Christ. And if I, if I raise, the, raise the spiritual flag, meaning I let somebody know I'm a Christian, they're going to be watching, right? And yeah, you know, the great thing is, is if we do mess up, we can apologize, right? We can admit that we're sinners in need of a Savior, and, and we can tell them about him, you know? But, but I'm just saying that this is what Paul's saying. He's saying, I want to run the race well, and it's going to take discipline to run well. Right? Just, just kind of reconnecting with that. Make every effort. Make every, if there's one thing you come away with today, I hope, you, I hope it's that phrase, make every, that what are you doing? about your own spiritual growth. What do you want to grow in? What do you see as the need is? And if you're not sure what to do about that, um, you know, reach out to me. Uh, or reach out to somebody that you trust, you know, and you know who's spiritually equipped to try to say, hey, well, if that's what you want to grow in, here's, here's maybe ways to go after it. Okay. Steadfastness is another one in the list. Um, to grow, to be growing in steadfastness. Now, what is that? Right. Well, uh, steadfastness is developed as we endure trials. So, steadfastness is like endurance. It's like the idea of perseverance, and we grow in that as we endure trials. Right. As we go through tests of faith and trials. Right. We um, that it, it it really kind of exercises our faith muscle. And we grow in steadfastness and in, in stick-to-itiveness for Jesus. We're not ready to throw in the towel at the first test, right? Um, and so we persevere in following Jesus when it's difficult and unpopular. Hebrews 12.1 speaks of this. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight every sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so this idea of running with endurance is, is important. It is key. We are in a race, our own race. Okay? You're not racing against me. You're not racing against your husband or your daughter or your son. You're, it's your race uh, following Jesus. right? And so we're being asked here to uh, you know, throw off the stuff that's weighing you down. That's keeping you from following hard after Jesus. That's, that's really negatively impacting your spiritual life. Can you think of something like that? Might be negatively impacting your spiritual life. He's saying, get rid of it. It's slowing you down. You know, you, you wouldn't throw a 100-pound backpack on somebody that says, hey, I'm going to run the marathon. No, they're going to, you're going to, I mean, have you seen the shorts those people wear? I mean, it's like, you know, there's not a lot of material there because they, they don't want a lot of stuff on. I mean, really, that's what it is. They want it to be as light as possible. They want the material to be comfortable. I get it, okay? Because they want to win. They want to win. James 5.11 says, Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. Okay, well, you remember Job? Wow, talk about trials, right? If you've never read Job, uh, you should see that man's faith tested, right, in the book of Job. 
And it says, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But think about that steadfastness of Job. He, he never did what was the advice of his wife, which was to curse God and die. Remember that? Remember those words? Curse God and die. Um, so he hung on. He hung on. Revelation, Jesus speaking to the church at Ephesus. Here he says in, in Revelation 2, verses 2 and 3. Here's the letter. Here's got Jesus' words to that church. He says, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. That's a good testimony. He had some other words to say for them, of course, correction, but these words, these initial words to the church at Ephesus were like, you guys are hanging tough. You're steadfast. You sniffed out those false people who said that they were apostles and weren't. The steadfastness. Godliness is in the list. Um, well, you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. This is probably master of the obvious. Becoming like Jesus, godly in our character, right? This, this, this kind of fits with the whole list. But it is something to be pursued here. 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8 says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Now, if there was ever a verse that said intentionality and growth and godliness go together, it's right here. Train yourself for godliness. And he says in verse 8, for while bodily training is of some value, it's okay, still go to the gym, all good, all right, or work out at home. Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Again, thinking about the eternal things, right? Second Peter 3, uh, Peter mentions uh, godliness again there. He says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? What's a, what, do you, what do you take away from those two verses? He's saying you should... Pursue godliness and holiness because why? Everything is, go, is going away. Jesus is coming back. This is what really matters, right? Um, you know, if nothing else, this passage really helps us see what really matters, right? I kind of get us dialed into true north again, maybe, if we've kind of gotten off course, right? Brotherly affection. We're coming down the home stretch here, okay? Now, this is a long list, but. Um, eight things in total. Uh, so to become more spiritually mature, we're to pursue bro growing in brotherly affection. Well, pursue growing in your love for your fellow believers. Right here's a great start. All right, there'll be plenty of opportunities to love and forgive and ask for forgiveness and and grow in how we deal with our relationships with each other. Right? Um, we do this again by being involved and committed to the local church. Right. Uh, you, you know, you're, it's not healthy in relationships because you have a problem that you turn tail and run. You try to work it out, right? That's healthy. That's healthy. Last is love. 
we become more spiritually mature, we, we pursue growing in love, right? More concerned about others. More, uh, you know, becoming better lovers of one another, but, but just other people in general. Now, again, that doesn't, uh, you know, when we say that, um, what we need to do, and, and actually this kind of relates to our Cherish study today, uh, those of you that are part of it, but, but the idea is that, you know, if I really am, am preaching the gospel to myself and realize how much I'm forgiven, I will be much more likely to extend that grace and forgiveness and love to others because I've experienced it myself, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, as we're more dialed into that, um, we'll uh, grow in our love for one another and, and for others, not e- those not even in the household of faith. Um, good verses for this, Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have you ever thought about um, how conversa- in, in your conversation there's so much opportunity to love? And... And I think about that in, in how we listen. How we listen. Um, have you ever been around somebody where all they do is talk about themselves? Right? And never ask you one thing about yourself. Um, now, maybe they're going through something and they need that. I get that. But if that's the regular MO, then there's some room for growth and love there. Okay? Because. Um, if I'm loving you, I'm interested in what's going on in your life, and I care to hear what's going on. So I'll ask some questions. I ask some questions. Right? It's not just all about me, right? But I want to know about the other person. Um, last week, I was trying to uh, open up a safe safe deposit box at the bank down in Grove City. I won't get into all the circumstances, but um, um, it couldn't happen that day. Okay, there was a box there waiting for me, but the circumstances were I, I couldn't get at it that day. Okay. While I'm there, um, now, by the way, I don't always respond well to these situations, okay? <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I am a sinner like the rest here, Okay. But, on, but this is one of the few occasions where the Spirit of God broke through to my thick head and said, you probably got an opportunity to love somebody here. There was a lady sitting right next to me. There were four little chairs out there in the foyer. And uh, I overheard a conversation. She was waiting to get into a box as well. Because uh, what was happening is there's another company, a third-party company, supposed to drill these boxes out. Okay? Um, the box they had available for me uh, had only one key. We wanted two, so they're going to drill out so we can have two keys. Okay? This lady had another reason to to have hers drilled out. But um, anyway, as I heard her talk to the banker, because she was the appointment ahead of me, uh, I said, well, you know, it's hard to not overhear because we're in this small space, but we're here for the same reason. Well, the company never showed. Again, this wasn't the bank. It was another company. It never showed, never showed, never showed. Meanwhile, a storm whiffs up. This was on Thursday. Do you guys... I mean, that, I thought the bank was going to blow away. <laughs> but anyway, as I come to find out, it was one year to the day this lady lost her husband and died. And she told me, I mean, I got to hear about her whole life story. 
now, I could have just not said anything after I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I'm going to hear somebody's whole life story, you know. Or I could say there's an opportunity to just be interested and love this person, you know. Uh, um, anyway, so I just thought, you know, that's an expression of love. Now, again, I don't always do that. Sometimes I'm very selfish and just want to get my business and leave, you know. Um, and sometimes, you know, we have time constraints, whatever. But I'm just saying that was an opportunity. The Holy Spirit just thought, yeah, you've got an appointment here. This is, you know, no, it's not with the banker. It's with this lady. And uh, just was able to try to encourage her and, and uh, let her know that somebody cares about her life. You know, it was that simple. But that, that's love. That's, that's this Philippians 2, 3, and 4, right? Uh, not looking only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And that ought to be the banner for us as believers, you know. And we need God's grace. You know, again, don't don't hear me as one who's like, uh, again, we're imperfect people. But don't forget, though, we can grow in this. I didn't used to be like that at all. Okay, in fact, I would not have wanted to hear anything about your story. Okay, um, uh, so it's it, but God's. He's faithful to transform us over time as we make every effort. So, what now? So glad you asked. What now? Well, I thought I'd be remiss if I didn't say, well, make sure you're a Christian because if you just try to kind of like grow in these areas of holiness, you're going to be so frustrated. It's hard anyway, okay? Uh, but you don't have the power, okay, uh, that God has, 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 has promised to give to go with this, okay? Remember, grace precedes the demands, okay? It's not flip it around and say, well, if I keep the demands, I'll experience the grace. No, that's not how it works. God, God does it this way. He pours out his grace, right? So what you need to do is receive it. You need to receive Christ's offer of salvation and forgiveness, right? That's why Jesus came. That was the whole purpose. It wasn't just to be some wonderful example, which he was a great example, uh, you know, but it was to die for our sins and to be raised again from the dead uh, to prove that he was who he said he was and that he did what he came to do, right? And so he did that for us, right? for anyone who would come to him and say, recognize their need for a Savior, recognize their lostness, their brokenness is a part of their life. And that's, you know, it's a, that's another way of saying sin. Sin, brokenness is sin. We we, and it's a part of a, every person's problem in this world. Is um, we need to recognize what we, who we were made for, what we were made for. And we find our purpose in Him, right? But we we're not going to be able to try to just try hard at these things unless we've got the power. And the way you get the power is just to simply yield and say, um, accept Christ as your Savior, invite Him in, right? Um, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. You want to be, come into a relationship with God, become one of his children, because you're not born into this world a child of God in this way that we're talking about. Right? Everybody's made in the image of God, but not everybody's born a child of God. Right? And so what you need to do, though, is simply admit your need. God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe Jesus is it, is the one. Would you forgive me? Would you come into your life? You know, there's no magic words, but if that's your heart, and in your heart you 
admit that to God and express the desire for that, He takes care of the rest. But you got to get first things first here, okay? You can't just try to clean it all up, right, and try to. You'll never get good enough for God, <laughs> okay, if that's what you're thinking. Yes, I've heard some people say, well, I'm just going to try to get things a little bit more in alignment before I come to the Lord. No, no, you, 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 I understand the sentiment. I understand that uh, kind of a desire because you're feeling unclean or whatever. But no, you come to him as you are um, in, in acknowledgement of how you are, recognizing that he loves you and has demonstrated that love by sending Jesus to die for you. So I, I just encourage you that if that's where you're at, if you've not put your faith in Christ, that today would be the day. No better day than today to put your faith in Christ. So once you do that, okay, once you do that, then, then what you should do then is to use all the spiritual resources that God has given us, right? He's given us all kinds of wonderful spiritual resources uh, to help us grow. Um, I'm, I'm sure you can think of these if you've been around uh, churches very long, you know, studying the Bible, prayer, fellowship, being with each other. I'm not just saying just hanging out, but you know, getting below the service, getting below uh, the weather and the Buckeyes or whatever your favorite team is. It's fine to discuss those things, you know, uh, but, but getting about how life really is. It's fellowship and worship. I think uh, Richard Foster, there's a quote up here. Um, what he says is apropos. He's written a book on, known for his book on spiritual disciplines, I think. He says, we today lack a theology of growth. And so we need to learn how we grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's, he's quoting 2 Peter 3.18. In particular, we need to learn to cooperate with the means of grace. How many people have ever heard that phrase, the means of grace? It just means an avenue or a path that God has provided for us to grow. It means grow in grace. Pathways to God's grace are ways or disciplines that we can participate in that give us the opportunity to experience the grace of God and help and to grow. So he says, he says uh, with the means of grace that God has ordained for the transformation of the human personality. Our participation in these God-ordained means will enable us increasingly to, stay, to take into ourselves Christ's character and manner of life. So uh, what he's really getting at here, again, is, you know what, you know, some people hate that word discipline, so they've kind of renamed it habits, okay? Either way, it requires effort, okay? But, you know, a, a time with God, a quiet time, or devotional, whatever, whatever you call it, right? That's that time in God's God's word is a means of grace. It's a it's a pathway. We can meet Him there, and as we grow in trusting and understanding and our knowledge, whatever He transforms us. That's what they mean by a means of grace. Okay, um, you know, prayer, right? As we we talk to God, uh, and He and and we and we, and we um, listen to him, and we we fellowship with him, commune with him, whatever words you want to use in prayer. 
there's a means there. That's a, that's a pathway, if you will, um, to, to growth. Okay? It's a means to an end. And the end is growth and uh, growing in our, our relationship with God. Okay? And again, we mentioned fellowship. This is a path. This, God has, has, so much of our growth is tied to relationship stuff. Okay? You know, there are those days, and I'm, I'm sure you have them, where you're like, I sure would like that desert island right now because the people around me have lost their mind. Of course, they're thinking the same thing about you, right? But, but just, you know, but no, because so much of the means that God wants to use to make you and mold you is those very same people. Yeah, just look around. They're right there, right? That, that we, as we uh, fellowship together and pursue relationship and grow and ask for forgiveness and learn more to love deeply, more deeply. As we do that, it's an avenue that God works. Or think of it this way, on the positive side, not just the hard things with people, but, but what about as different people in this church use their gifts and skills to bless your life? That's a means of grace. They're the hands and feet of Jesus. We experience the grace of God through one another, living our lives and being obedient followers and servants of Jesus. Okay? That's what he means by means of grace. It's not just some kind of woo. Okay? But, it's a, but that idea is there. These are pathways, if you will, to growing in God. Right. So, let's, let's go to the Lord right now. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we um, thank you so much for your word. I do know sometimes when we see a list like this, it can be can kind of be discouraging if we're not taking it in the proper way. And uh, Lord, we, we know these are things that you want us to pursue. And in fact, as I think about the next verse, which we're not to get to next the next week, but it says, if these qualities are yours and are increasing. And so we know we're never going to arrive in these eight areas. But it's something that we should be growing increasingly in. Um, pursuing growth in those things. And, and that we will stumble and fall. But as you help us appropriate the means of grace, as we just talked about, we will be transformed from glory to glory. More and more into the image of of Jesus in growing in godliness. Father, help help us, God. Help us to to really, as it's, as Peter said, make every effort. God, challenge each and every one of us to really be going after growing. If we've been coasting, Lord, let us confess it. We've been coasting spiritually. And letting, thing, letting ourselves go, spiritually speaking. Lord, let us turn from that and make every effort in some area, just taking aim at one. Lord, we need your help. We know that we can't do it without the power that you've given us in your Holy Spirit. Father, we, we just uh, pray that you, uh, you, would, you would help us. 
And anyone today, Lord, that has not put their faith in you, whether they're here in person or listening or watching online, that they would put their whole trust in Jesus and start a relationship with you and start to grow spiritually. We ask it in Jesus' name.